Welcome to Another Living Life. A few years ago, an elder at my church uh, gave me a book to read. It's called Mission Drift, uh, which highlighted many organizations and schools and colleges uh, that started off with a Christian mission, a real Christian core mission, only to slowly lose it and to turn secular afterwards. And though each case and each circumstance was very different, uh, there was one thing that they all shared, which was compromise. In order to grow, in order to have a greater influence, in order to have more money, whatever the reason was, they began with a very small compromise of their mission, small compromise of their Christian identity. You know, often at the time it was seemingly benign and nothing, uh, but that ended up costing them to lose their mission completely. And in today's passage, we see Jesus is captured and brought to Pontius Pilate and is getting Jesus one step closer to the cross. And what we see today are groups and groups of people who are willing to compromise themselves, to compromise their goodness, to compromise their faith, to compromise the truth for their own safety, for their own promotion, for their own benefits. And in doing so, completely losing everything. So with that, let's all read today's passage together. John chapter 19, verses 1 through 13. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe and went up to him again and again, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they slapped him in the face. Once more, Pilate came out and said to the Jews gathered there, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no basis for a charge against him. When Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, Here is the man. As soon as the chief priests and their officials saw him, they shouted, Crucify! Crucify! But Pilate answered, You take him and crucify him. As for me, I find no basis for a charge against him. The Jewish leaders insisted, We have a law, and according to that law he must die, because he claimed to be the Son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid, and he went back inside the palace. Where do you come from? he asked Jesus. But Jesus gave him no answer. Do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said. Don't you realize I have power either to free you or to crucify you? Jesus answered, You would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free, 
But the Jewish leaders kept shouting, If you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard this, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judge's seat at a place known as the Stone Pavement, which in Aramaic is Gabbatha. Today's passage it begins with these simple words. Uh, then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. We know that Jesus was captured and brought to the Roman governor Pontius Pilate. Uh, there he was flogged, which means he was beaten. Uh, afterwards, the soldiers twisted together a crown of uh, uh, thorns and placed it on his head. Uh, they stripped him and instead clothed him mockingly in a purple robe. Uh, they went up to him, making fun of him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and they struck Jesus in the faith. Uh, this was just the beginning. Uh, what we see, however, in today's passage is Pilate's reluctance through all of this. For him, this was enough. Uh, he didn't see a reason for Jesus to die, so this was his way of appeasing the crowd. And after putting on this show of brutality, he brings Jesus forth saying, here is the man, thinking that the crowd will say, all right, it's enough. This is the end. Uh, bearing the marks of this punishment, uh, bleeding profusely and terribly bruised, Jesus stood there for all to see. And yet scripture tells us that Pilate's efforts were rebuffed. The crowd, it was not enough for them. They wanted even more. You know, there's a saying that says, war makes for strange bedfellows. And this was the case here. Here we have mortal enemies, Jewish religious leaders and the Roman overseers colluding together to see Jesus punished, to have him ultimately crucified. You know, it's not a story of priests, religious leaders, and governors working together for the public good. No. Instead, it's a story of each of them compromising their own values, betraying their positions, betraying even their faith for the sake of themselves. You know, the priests compromised their devotion to God. The Israelites, they compromised their devotion and loyalty to their own country to conspire with Rome to kill a fellow Jew. Pilate, knowing nothing was wrong, that Jesus did absolutely nothing wrong, especially enough to have him killed, compromising the truth for self-preservation so he could continue to be a friend of Caesar. You know, in the background, we see Judas, one of Jesus' disciples, compromising his loyalty and love to have some money. We see Caiaphas and Annas, the two high priests at the time, compromising their souls, their religious position, everything to remain relevant in this community. And in doing so, all of them losing out what was right in front of their faces, unable to see the Son of God, unable to know who the Messiah was. You know, there's a sense of irony throughout this short passage. It's ironic that the soldiers who crown and declare mockingly that Jesus is king had no idea of Jesus' true identity as king. It's ironic that a group of Jews who hated the Roman Empire would criticize the Roman governor of disloyalty to Caesar. It's ironic that the Jewish leaders who spent their whole lives looking for the Messiah would send Jesus to die on the cross. It's ironic that the leader in this world would speak of power and authority in the presence of Jesus, who has true power and authority. It's ironic that the punishment meant for the lowliest of criminals will now be a sign of ultimate love and freedom. 
but this is actually the message of the cross. You know, the message of the cross, as Scripture tells us, is foolishness for those who are headed toward uh, destruction. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. That is the message of cross that we are to know today. It's foolishness if you don't know what the gospel is, but it's life for those who receive it and accept it. You know, this week is Passion Week. We're about halfway in now. But I pray that all of us, in light of today's passage, that we are not making the same mistakes of all of these people that we see today, that we are able to look toward Jesus, that we're able to look toward ourselves in the light of Jesus and see the different parts of our lives that we might be compromising. You know, Jesus is great on Sundays, but everywhere else we might say, I'd rather him not be there. Uh, My faith is important, but right now my education is more important. My career is more important. My family, my relationships, my whatever, you can fill in the blank with anything, is more important. And I pray that any compromises that we have been making consciously or even unconsciously, let us look towards the cross of Jesus Christ and let go of all of them and be able to return back to him. Let that be the result of Passion Week this week. Throughout this passage, we're told over and over again that Jesus is king. You know, people say it, but no one believes it. All the signs are there, but no one wants to see it. You know, Pilate, we see today's passage, he felt that he had power over Jesus, a power to crucify him. While technically that was true, it's actually laughable to think that Pilate had power and authority over Jesus. You know, Jesus is king. Jesus is the king with power and authority to do whatever he wanted. And yet he chose, with that power and authority, a path that led to his death, a path that led to the cross, willingly and lovingly for us, for you and for me. Jesus is king. In the freedom that he has provided for us, let us have the strength, let us have the fortitude, and let us have the courage, and let us have the knowledge to be able to declare this not only with our lips, but with our lives every day. Jesus is King. Let us all pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for your amazing love. And we thank you that with all the power and authority that you have, that you chose to die for us, that you chose willingly a path that led to the cross. Pray, Lord Father God, that the message of the cross comes true in each and every one of our lives. Help us to know that it is the power to save. It is the power over anything in this world. And we pray, Lord Father God, that we are able to live accordingly to it every day. Uh, During this week of Lent, uh, during this week of Passion Week, let us be able to focus all our attention, uh, focus all who we are on you, Lord. And remember your amazing love and sacrifice for us. We thank you once again, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, oh, oh.